Sir, ma'am, this is a closed crime scene. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Oh my God, what the hell? Everything was so wrong. I'd gone over every possibility in my head on the ride to John Smith's house, including the fact that John didn't have a house and Lawrence was, in fact, driving me into the woods to kill me. But I hadn't considered this. The house was destroyed. It was more of a cabin than a house, and all the windows had been shattered. The front door was off its hinges, instead propped against the exterior of the house on the porch, revealing the dark interior. A portal daring us further in. Uh, excuse me, ma'am? I said, what the hell? I was told John was missing, not splattered across his own freaking walls. How do you gather that? The glass is on the outside of the house, and the door was clearly blown outward. Are you honestly going to tell me there's not blood painting the walls? Hey, buddy. Let the woman in. Lawrence had quietly been standing by until then. At this point, he fluidly pulled something out of his pocket. A small laminated piece of paper. I quickly studied the no-nonsense expression written across his face and mirrored it on my own. I couldn't look as confused as the bewildered policeman standing across from us. Just for this moment, this stranger and I had to be a team. The policeman begrudgingly let us through, Lawrence stepping under the yellow tape with authority and signaling for me to do the same. I played along. We stepped first into a living room with a single couch and a coffee table. My hand holding the recorder trembled. Lawrence, on the other hand, seemed completely at ease. This is not what I was expecting. Gosh, I think a missing persons case would have less carnage. But this, the wood is split on the table and the, the couch has burn marks all over it. And that smell, it's, it's like, Warm bodies. No, no, no. More earthy? It's blood. But I thought blood smelled metallic. Yeah, fresh blood, but not dried blood. Another door. This way. I followed Lawrence to an adjoining room. He took a small flashlight from his pocket and shone it into the windowless darkness. There was an unmade bed, a small dresser, and... Here we are. Oh my god, that's horrible. Like I said, blood. Congratulations, but did the stains cover the whole wall? Wait, what are you doing? Taking a scraping, since I'm assuming those buffoons out there have it. And no, the splatters taper up about three feet up. Are you okay? You look like you're gonna faint. Or puke. I'm... I'm fine. Wait, wait a second, why do you need a scraping, Mr. Historian? Like I said, incompetence. I got you in a search, so mind your own business and search through this stranger's home. There's not much here. Looks like he was, is, a minimalist. I might have found something. Better hide it then. Time's up. We have company. I slid my finds into my jacket pocket and we hurried out of the house. We stepped onto the porch and there he was, the sheriff, looking huffy and done. I plastered a look of pure female innocence on my face. Lawrence seemed to think his signature annoyance would do just fine. 
I'm not surprised to see Jory didn't listen to my order, but I'm a little surprised to see you here, Lawrence. And disappointed. Don't punish your watchdog, Sheriff. I can be pretty persuasive. I gave you a direct order, Miss Bradford. Your drive will get us killed someday. Get in the vehicle, Bradford. I'm taking you to your father's. I don't have time for this. That's not happening. Mind telling me why your investigation hasn't mentioned this obvious explosion and carnage in any of its public records? And don't try lying to me because I've read all of them. Answer me that and I might consider going with you. Because some things are better not to know. This is a small place, Miss Bradford, and something like this will start a panic. Now come with me, you've caused enough trouble. I'm disappointed, Lawrence. I asked you to keep Jory and everyone else away from here. Seeing y'all together gives me a migraine. Good day. search of one missing person, the remnants of corrupted reputation, and the darkness of our hometowns. This is That Creepy Podcast. You might have found something. Better hide it then. Time's up. You have company. Thanks for listening. I ended up convincing Sheriff Davidson just to take me home, so that's good. Only I promised I wouldn't disturb the case again, and that was a lie. Whoops. I mean, he's probably already guessed that much. I've been home for like six hours now, just staring at the letter I took from John Soctor, trying to decide what to do with it. You know, since it's sealed and all that. After a lot of back and forth with myself and a little red wine, I've decided to open it with the steam from my kettle. You know, so I can close it back later in in case I have to deny something at some point. It's smallish, about the size of my palm, but really thick. Like its content is too big and had to be folded over multiple times to fit. It, It looks brand new with some wear, but It's not destroyed or anything. It was clearly cared for, but carried around at some point in time. (coughs) 
October 29th. The town is dark, the soil is red and hard. The land is nourished with the blood of past generations, past sacrifices. The water in the springs isn't as clean as the springs of Montana, but is somehow richer. I took a walk around my property today and felt eyes on me as I always do, but they seem to keep their distance here. I think they like having me closer to home and it gives them a sense of security. They seem appeased, like a jealous God given an offering. You'd like it here despite the murk, maybe because of the murk. There's a comfort in looking around and seeing your internal state reflected in your environment. Some days I don't do a good job of keeping the memories away and a happier town would feel oppressive. It doesn't feel like 12 years have gone by, but they have. People here don't talk about things. I've overheard the old women gossiping while they rock on their porches, and I've seen secrets slipped between patrons in the dark corners of the library. But nobody speaks of the little girl that drowned herself in the river, or that the mayor's wife always has fresh bruises on her arms, face, and neck. I hope this closed mouth culture will make my stay here easy. The cabin feels like home for once. Hope I can stay here a while. Yours in life and death, JT. January 12th. I met someone today. It's been a while since that happened. I'm even more hopeful for my future here. That scares me. It's not smart to start anything so close, but just the thought makes me hopeful. I've missed you a little less lately, and I think that's a good thing. Yours in life and death, JT. May 30th. They aren't keeping their distance anymore. I may see you sooner than I thought. Yours in life and death, JT. He's obviously talking about Harker in this first letter. And me in the second one. Whoa there, don't you think that's jumping to conclusions a little bit? You barely knew the guy, and you didn't see him outside of the library, right? I know, it's me. Okay, so let's say it is you. The thing we should be figuring out is who these letters were meant for, and who wrote them. Because it's signed JT, not JS. You said his house had some type of explosion? Yes. And blood on the walls? Yes. Uh, in the bedroom, though? Yes. So not in the living room where the explosion happened. Yes, damn it! And there's no telling if the blood is even his. I think at this point the police think he's dead and that's why they've put no effort into the investigation. If they were covering up the explosion, what else are they covering up? Okay, calm down, Nancy Drew. I have a few ideas, but don't get too excited or anything. <gasps> oh look, if it isn't our favorite little ball of nerves and annoyance. Care for a Xanax or maybe a good knock over the head? You have Xanax. Uh, no, but I would go out of my way to find one if he would loosen you up even a little. Has anyone told you you wear too much eyeliner? Oh my god, stop, Lawrence. I'm talking to Dora right now. Can your very important little historical emergency wait? Dora's just annoyed because Paranormal Guide isn't a real job, and I told her that this morning. 
Actually, I need to speak with you, Jory. Uh, sure, I guess that's okay. Lawrence led me down the Oakland House main hallway to one of the small doors I knew led into a room used for history documentation and locked the door behind us. Hey, that's not okay. I barely know you, man. But you're okay with searching strangers' houses with me. Seems illogical. Relax. Just hurry up. You're ruder than last time. Is Dora a bad influence on you? I'm really not trying to be. I'm just under a lot of stress right now, and I didn't sleep well last night, and I don't know. What do you need? Could we... the recorder? Fine. I need to know what the nature of your relationship with Mr. Smith was. Is. When we first spoke, you said you had your reasons for needing access to Mr. Smith's home. Well, I need to know what those were. Or rather are. I never knew him, if that's what you're asking. He came into my library pretty consistently since I started back in January. Well, one day a few weeks ago, he started acting weird and checking out really weird books, so I got worried. Then he went missing, and when the police hardly investigated it, I got pissed. Figured I could do a better job. These police are incompetent. A donkey with a badge could do a better job. I thought you weren't helping me anymore. Why the curiosity? I have my reasons, and they're good. I promise. That wasn't the only thing. I have some... information you're gonna want. But I need a favor in return. Let's see what it's worth first. <laughs> I ran a precipitant test on the blood scraping from the house, and it came back negative. English, please? It came back as animal blood. Probably pig or rabbit. I'd have to take it to a vet, and right now it doesn't matter. That means it's not Mr. Smith's, which means someone, maybe himself, maybe another party, most likely put the blood there on purpose. The police should have done this weeks ago, but from what I can see, they haven't. So it's a setup. Something to make us think he's dead. Maybe. Now a trade, or an act of good favor, it doesn't matter, but I need something. You probably have something in mind, right? Yeah. I need the letter. Or at least a copy of the letter. But preferably the originals. Especially the one about Harker. There's no way you can know about that. I saw you pocketed it at the house. But there's no way you could know what they said. Like I said, I have my reasons. And I need to go. Dora, we have a situation. weekly podcast produced and written by Theodora. Edited by Seth Johnson. Music by Theodora. Special thanks to voice actors Katie Collier, Joseph Teagle, Matthew Harper, Amy Collier, and Emily Black. Find us on Instagram at That Creepy Podcast. And thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.